I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Christopher Friends, Assistant Vice President of Information Security and Infrastructure of Interfaith Medical Center in New York City about new guidance issued by the Association for Executives in Healthcare Information Security's Incident Response Committee, which he chairs. The guidance addresses IT and information security considerations for disease outbreaks such as COVID-19. Hi, Chris. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, Chris, as the U.S. healthcare system is dealing with the outbreak of coronavirus in this country, what are some of the top considerations potentially impacting IT and information security in those organizations? There's actually quite a few. Uh, one of the first ones being supply chain issues. Uh, the region of China where coronavirus initially hit, that was actually an area of the world where a lot of um, the tech products of the the world are actually produced. So supply chain has been a very big issue. As the um, pandemic comes closer to home, I think there's going to be issues with uh, labor shortages. You're going to have probably have an IT department that needs to prepare for a large temporary workforce because you're going to have a lot of workers calling out sick and you're going to need temporary workers to cover those gaps. Uh, there's a lot of requests for remote access, which is good in some ways because not having employees come to work in a hospital will help keep them healthy and also prevent them from possibly infecting patients if they're carriers of the COVID-19. But at the same time, opening up all that remote access does create information security challenges that hospitals have to take into consideration. On top of that, there's going to be issues dealing with physical security. If you have a huge influx of patients, you're going to need a way to control all the panic and manage all those people that are coming into the organization. Uh, another thing I worry about is actually a lot of the business partners hospitals use. If you have a critical business partner, and what if they're forced to shut down temporarily because of the pandemic? How is that going to impact your operations? So there's lots of things the hospitals actually need to begin to worry about as this pandemic approaches closer to home. So, Chris, when it comes to supply chain issues that impact the IT security operations, what sorts of supply chain problems should they be most concerned about? And what should they be doing? The big supply chain issue right now is actually getting supplies in many cases, it's getting harder to requisition even basic stuff like PCs, or there's like a surge of um, people trying to request uh, webcams, stuff like that, for remote meetings and teleconferencing, things that refer to promote those capabilities. So a lot of even basic computer equipment um, is getting harder to get or more expensive to get, at least for the near future. And Chris, what about potential information security and technology labor shortage issues? How should healthcare organizations be preparing for that? One way they can do it within IT, within information security, is ensuring that employees are cross-trained. Uh, that's something I'm a big fan of, so that if one employee calls out sick, it's not a skill set that only that one person in the organization has, that other people are actually able to fill in the role. And that, that's one of the things that can be done within IT. IT is also a potential candidate for having some of their workforce work remotely to preserve their health and allow them to still do their jobs. It may not be possible for help desk type positions, but a lot of other roles within IT, a lot of that work can actually be done remotely to help preserve the health of the employees. Uh, in terms of uh, nursing and doctors and things like that, labor shortages there are definitely going to occur as well, and IT departments really need to be prepared for taking on a large temporary workforce, figure out how they're going to provision a lot of accounts rapidly for you know, agency doctors and nurses brought in to fill staff shortcomings as well as um, how to handle the security risks with all those temporary employees. Now, Chris, going back to the supply chain issues that you mentioned before, 
you mentioned that there's a lot of requests for webcams and et cetera, because, you know, you do have more people working from home. Is there also a risk that some of this equipment will get pushed out to people before they're properly vetted or set up or configured, which might also lead to some security issues potentially? That's definitely a risk that any organization faces. And that's one thing I think organizations need to do is actually begin to think about the policies and procedures they're going to use to get this equipment out there. Yes, it's probably essential that you do allow employees to work remotely in certain aspects, but at the same time, you do have to make sure you do it securely. So you do want to make sure that you're thinking about this issue now, starting to establish a process for what are your conditions for a person accessing the hospital resources remotely. Most hospitals have policies and procedures for that already, but they have to reevaluate those in conjunction with the current needs of the pandemic to identify what the new considerations are, what new precautions are going to insist on, uh, things like that. Now, Chris, what about business continuity plans? Are there any special preparedness steps that healthcare information security teams need to be taking with coronavirus that might not be part of the usual business continuity plan? And if so, what and why? I think business continuity is something that organizations should constantly test, particularly in healthcare. I'm a very big um, fan of constantly testing security, constantly testing uh, business continuity and disaster recovery abilities to make sure they work. Um, The immediate concern for me would be ensuring that employees are adequately cross-trained because if you do have employees call in sick, you need to ensure that your skill gap may exist. And that is being a problem for a lot of the smaller hospitals in particular where they would only have an IT department that comprises of a handful of people and one person out with critical knowledge could be a real problem. So getting as much cross-training of employees right now is definitely a, a big, big plus. And in general, yes, testing your backup and disaster recovery plans is something that we should always be concerned about and always be doing, but especially at a time like this where you're seeing an upswing in malware attacks against hospitals related to coronavirus. You're going to have influxes of the patients, things like that, putting additional stresses on systems. So it's definitely a good idea to test and verify that all that stuff works ahead of time. Now, Chris, you mentioned uptick in telecommuting, but the federal government is also easing up on restrictions for telemedicine in light of the coronavirus outbreak. What about security and privacy considerations involving expanded telehealth services? What should information security teams be doing right now with this? There are um, definitely requirements for doing telehealth securely. You have to make sure that a lot of the uh, messages are encrypted in transit, the data flows back and forth, encryption of the endpoints typically Uh, You do want to make sure everything's HIPAA compatible. There are issues around consent for ensuring that the patients that are going to be participating in telehealth sessions have consented to participate that way. So there's a a lot to do there. And yes, telehealth is a potentially great technology for addressing this pandemic because it allows people who are sick to actually stay at home but still receive medical care. And in many cases, that's to their benefit because if you're not presenting symptoms of the coronavirus right now, it's probably not the best idea to go to the doctor because you don't want to really expose yourself to other people. So there's many, many advantages there, but at the same time, I think hospitals that don't already have telehealth systems in place, they have to really evaluate whether it's in their interest to roll one out quickly or to take their time and roll it out according to the original time frame because they may be introducing risks if they rush to do things. So yes, it's important to do a lot of this stuff, but at the same time, you do need to weigh the risks and factor that into your time frame. And Chris, with all that said, are there any other top tips for healthcare information security teams as well as healthcare CISOs in terms of their organizations being prepared to deal with this outbreak? And what about shifting priorities? Do you see a lot of shifting priorities now for security? Because now we have the pandemic, so now you know that's on the front burner. Now we have to put stuff on the back burner. What's at risk in doing that? 
it definitely does cause a, a shift in priorities and that's part of why you want to stick to the risk assessment process. You don't want to rush into things too quickly without thinking what the consequences of that particular action may be, whether it's rolling out telehealth, increasing remote access. You really want to think to ensure that what you're doing is going to benefit the organization and not benefit the organization in some ways, but increase risk dramatically in other ways. You want to make sure you're striking an appropriate balance because at the end of the day, patient safety is what's most important. So maybe a little bit of increased risk if it provides huge gains in patient safety is worthwhile. Um, if it provides a little bit of increase towards patient safety, but huge risks in other ways, it may not be as worthwhile. And it's important organizations really go through that process as they think about rolling out these new technologies rather than just rushing to get them in place without thinking about the potential consequences. On top of that, some of the other stuff that we didn't touch on yet is I think employee education is also particularly important in terms of information security. You're seeing a huge uptick right now in um, phishing campaigns related to coronavirus. There's been some fake coronavirus maps circulating around that being used to spread malware. So once again, reminding of employees of the risks of things like phishing, malicious links, things like that are definitely very beneficial as well. And finally, Chris, how about when it comes to any sort of critical security technologies that might otherwise get overlooked or maybe under-implemented in times that are more normal, any of those technologies that you think need more consideration or a, a sort of a relook in light of everything that we're dealing with when it comes to the coronavirus and information security's many challenges in dealing with this? I don't know if new technologies in particular are necessary to address this issue. I think the standard good information security practices still apply and will still go a very long way towards solving a lot of the security issues presented by the coronavirus. Uh, one of the things that worries me, though, is that if you have a lot of confusion, you have a lot of staff calling out sick, is it also kind of makes an ideal time for somebody to attack an organization because it's very easy to pass off problems to temporary workers or confusion or other stuff that's happening, and you may not notice that the attacker is going through your system, particularly if you have you know, information security staff that would normally be there to detect the attack, out on sick leave, things like that. So I think it's a time for information security teams to actually be increasingly careful to look at their logs and other stuff increasingly closely to ensure that there's no nefarious activity that's going to be passed off as just confusion occurring from the pandemic and all the changes occurring as a result of the pandemic. Thanks, Chris. I've been speaking with Chris Friends. I'm Marianne Kolbisak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.